Well, is anyone into the new TV series, The Mandalorian? Is anybody watching that? Well, please indulge me, because I'm a big Star Wars fan. <laughs> but if you have not seen The Mandalorian, there's basically two characters that this whole story is about. It's about a Mandalorian, and that's just kind of a type of person in the Star Wars universe. And he wears all this armor, but he's a, he's a real tough guy. He's a bounty hunter. And then there's a baby creature. And this baby creature has been known and has become very popular in our culture known as Baby Yoda. And the premise of this story is basically that this big, tough, bounty hunter Mandalorian is taking exceptional care of this baby creature, a child who is not his own, but is taking care of him nonetheless, being a kind of father figure for baby Yoda. And so there's a couple of questions that kind of hover over this show. Number one is, why is the Mandalorian taking care of this child who is not his own? But also, number two, who is Baby Yoda? Where does Baby Yoda come from? And then it struck me. Well, this sounds an awful lot like the story of Joseph and the Christmas story, doesn't it? Well, because Baby Yoda is kind of like Jesus. Young baby comes from mysterious origins, has special powers, has special promise, and yet is young enough that still needs the care of an adult. And Joseph is kind of like the Mandalorian because a grown man but takes the commitment to care for a child who does not belong to him and even takes care of that child in dangerous and risky circumstances. See, in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 2, we're going to find out that bad people want to kill Jesus. And so Joseph has to take Jesus and Mary and help them make a daring escape down to Egypt to keep Jesus safe. It's almost as if the Mandalorian is based on the Gospel of Matthew and the Christmas story. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, as cool as this might sound to Star Wars fans like me, the Christmas story in the Gospel of Matthew, and especially the story of Joseph, is remarkable all by itself. And so I want us to open up our Bibles now and take a closer look at Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to begin with verse 18. And if you're using a pew Bible, you can find it on page 879. Now, to help us get inside this story, I want to ask you a question. When was a time when you have been significantly hurt by someone else? And maybe not physically hurt by someone else, but... You know, you were betrayed in some way, or maybe you were lied to in some way, or they, they just did something that really 
hurt you or something happened that really hurt you? And how did you respond to that? What was going on inside of you? Did you want to return being hurt with hurting the other person with your own words or maybe your your actions? Well, you see, this is exactly what's going to happen to Joseph. Joseph is going to be hurt in a significant way. And we're going to find out how he responds to being hurt. And it's actually quite faithful the way that Joseph has an instinct to respond to being hurt because he doesn't hurt back. His response is to be gracious and forgiving. And this character, this path that Joseph follows is what allows Joseph to become the earthly father of Jesus. So let's take a look at the circumstances that were so hurtful for Joseph. And I'm going to have the words up on the screen as well. I'd like us to speak together verse 18. When Mary was engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot more going on in this verse than we have time for. Um, there's things about you know, arranged marriages in this uh, context of ancient Jude- uh, Jewish marriage practices, and there's bride prices, and there's all kinds of laws around this. But what it's most important for us to understand is that the idea of Mary and Joseph being engaged is not anything like our understanding of being engaged today. You see, if a couple is engaged today and they break off that engagement, they can get out of that engagement with you know, relatively easy. There's no uh, legal complications to making that possible. But for Mary and Joseph, being, being engaged was actually um, meant that they were legally bound together at this point. So it was not easy for Mary and Joseph to just break off their engagement. It would have required either death or divorce. Now, while they are legally bound together, Mary and Joseph are not spiritually bound together. They haven't been married yet. There was this gap period between the engagement and the marriage. And not being married means that they were not allowed to have an intimate relationship with each other yet. And so this means there should not be a pregnancy. But this is the circumstance nonetheless. So what are the conclusions that Joseph is going to jump to? Well, one conclusion that Joseph can make is that maybe another man has forced himself on Mary, and that's why she's pregnant. And if that was the case, well, that would have been devastating to Joseph. Another circumstance is that maybe Mary cheated on Joseph, and that would have been devastating as well. Now, there is a third option, and Mary 
would have tried to convince and even assure Joseph that these first two options, don't worry about that. I am pregnant, Mary would say, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, Mary is expecting Joseph to believe in a miracle, that this pregnancy is a miracle. But Joseph, that's too hard of a leap for Joseph to make. Joseph is the very first human being to not believe in the miraculous conception of Jesus. And do you know anybody in your life who might have serious doubts or serious questions about the miraculous conception of Jesus? Well, this is where Joseph was at. And what we're going to find out as the story continues is that God has very big plans for anyone who starts out in, the, in this kind of place of doubt. Now let's take a look at verse 19. Uh, again, the, the verse is on the screen in front of you. I want us to read this together. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. So Joseph at this point believes that the only way to remedy this circumstance is through divorce. This is what's, be, what's being referred to as dismiss her. But Joseph doesn't want this to be the kind of divorce where, Mar where the blame is put on Mary. Joseph wants to spare Mary of having any blame put upon her or have this go negatively for Mary in any way. So Joseph has to figure out a way, well, how can I put the heat on myself? How can I take the blame for this myself so that Mary can just go about her life quietly? And what Joseph resolves to do is Joseph is going to claim that he himself is the father of the child and that Joseph is the one uh, who acted unfaithfully and even unlawfully, and that, that because it is his fault, he is asking for the divorce. And this will leave Mary free and innocent to now rebuild her life again. So what Joseph, in essence, is doing, Joseph is willing to give up his own life so that Mary can regain her life. This was Joseph's plan anyway. So now let's take a look at verse, verses 20 and 21. And again, let's read this together. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Hmm. Have you ever had that experience where you had one plan, 
but God had a totally different plan in mind for you. Well, God had a much better and even more bold plan for Joseph. And before the paperwork for divorce can even be drawn up, God visits Joseph through an angel in a dream. Now, when you hear about Joseph having a dream, what else does this bring up for you? What other Bible story does this remind you of? Well, this is a kind of a biblical hyperlink moment that when we click on it, it should take us back to the Joseph in, in the book of Genesis, the Joseph that receives a coat of many colors, the Joseph who's sold into slavery into Egypt but then rises through the ranks and becomes the second in command and becomes very powerful. If Joseph in the Gospel of Matthew was indeed a faithful and righteous man, he would have known his Old Testament Bible pretty well, and he would have made this connection himself. And he would have known that the story of Joseph, Joseph in Genesis is all leading toward this climax in the story of a moment of forgiveness, where Joseph forgives his family that had hurt him in the past. But through the gift of forgiveness is reunited and restored with his family. And this allows his family to escape famine in Canaan and to, and to become resettled in the land of Egypt and to be blessed. And so this is how the Matthew or how the Joseph of the Gospel of Matthew is inspired to act with Mary and Joseph now. Joseph forgets about that whole business about divorce, takes Mary as his wife, and lets go of all those hurtful misunderstandings that he had been holding on to for a time, and opens his heart to Mary and Jesus and God's future for him. And in this way, a new family is born. Now, there are some possible New Year's resolutions for us to take away from this Joseph story. And number one, I think that there's a lesson about perceptions for us. You see, sometimes our perceptions can just be dead wrong. The way we perceive another person or the way we perceive some circumstance. In Joseph's case, his perception was dead wrong, especially about what he thought Mary's pregnancy was all about, and it made Joseph suffer. So I think it is wise for all of us to have more humility when it comes down to what our perceptions of others and of other things are. It's, it's good to have more suspicion about our perceptions. And instead, maybe we should listen a little better and even be willing to have our perceptions be changed. Now, number two, 
Sometimes we all have this tendency to just want to fix things. And some, sometimes we want to fix things so badly that we're willing to take all the blame and responsibility onto ourselves. And this was certainly the, the tendency of Joseph. When his engagement was broken, Joseph wanted to fix that circumstance by taking all the blame onto himself. And some of us might also relate this with the instinct to want to play the martyr. In those stressful situations or in those conflict situations where we want to take all the blame or all the responsibility onto ourselves. But this is not a good way to grow love or to grow trust and communication and health in our relationships. It's just a short-term temporary fix. So instead of having an instinct to want to fix everything when we're under stress or we're in conflict, maybe it's better for us to consider how do we just love each other better when we're all under stress? Or how can we be more patient and kind to each other as we're trying to figure out conflict? And then number three, the job of caring for and raising children is too big for biological parents alone. All children need the love and the patience and the positive regard of many, many caring adults in their lives so that they can grow up and be healthy adults themselves. Joseph was not the biological father of Jesus, and yet Jesus and Joseph grew to have a very close and loving and fond relationship with each other. And I bet that many of those parables, like I was telling the kids in the children's message, I bet you a lot of those famous parables that are recorded in our Gospels, Jesus learned those from Joseph. I believe it is the calling of every Christian to serve children who are not our own. It's in our Christian DNA. Maybe that happens here at Sheridan through our children's and youth ministries, or maybe it happens at the Barnabas community, or maybe it happens in your neighborhood or in our community in some way, as a coach or as a teacher or as a mentor or as an advocate. If God can find a way for Joseph to have this awesome opportunity, God will find these opportunities for us as well to care for children who have important needs, but children who are not our own. So may God give us the heart, the means, and the opportunity to bless these children who are not our own, but who most definitely belong to God. Merry Christmas.